Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hey, this is Aaron Clark, and we welcome you to our Fresh Start Morning Worship. Hey, this is Monday, March the 14th, uh, and this is a fine Monday morning, and we are just grateful for the Lord. We're grateful for life. We're grateful that God has blessed us uh, to see another day. Amen. What are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? As always, we start to show off giving God praise, giving God thanks. We got health in our bodies and our right mind. So we always want to start this morning off, start this fresh week, this fresh day, giving God praise. You know, one thing I wanted to do, you know, with, with this show is always as we open this show, not just converse about things, but what are you grateful for? You know, we have a moment of just gratitude. What's one thing you are grateful for today you know tell it to the lord you get texas 937-303-1791 or you can email acamconnect at gmail.com what's one thing you are grateful for for me i honestly y'all i am grateful for a job so i can get gas in my car today <laughs> i am grateful i mean looking at these gas prices and i know you know, people are, are uproar about them. They're high. Yes, they are. But I'm just grateful that God has blessed me with a job and with income so I can put gas in my car. I'm grateful. That's what I'm grateful for today. And I thank the Lord for that. What are you grateful for? Tell us to the Lord. What are you grateful for? So gratitude. Hey, it's a fresh start, y'all. Fresh Monday, fresh week. You know, I was looking at the date earlier. I'm like, man, we're already in March, March 14th. We only got a few more weeks in March. It, it just feels like we we began a new year yesterday. You know, time is moving. Time is moving. So I encourage you, you know, hey, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Because, hey, time time is moving and, and we got to do what we can do while we can do it because we never know what may happen tomorrow so it's a great morning i'm glad as always we got a great show great topic today uh today we'll be dealing with oneness oneness come from john 17 21 through 23 and i got some good friends of mine who's going to join me when we talk about this pastor adam banks from the first baptist church of springfield ohio and then a good friend of mine caleb ingram uh, with his organization declare dayton and they will come and talk more about that but we have a great show oneness like what does it mean to be one in the body of christ we hear that off the time we need unity we need oneness we need unity. but what does that look like today what 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 are we saying so we're going to dive into that topic i'm really looking forward to it and not just oneness in the body of christ but oneness in in relationships with each other in your marriage you know what does oneness look like in you know mother and daughter relationship what does oneness look like as believers so we're going to dive into that a little bit later on. i'm excited about that but before we get into that we got to always open up with a time of worship um, as we just lead into the presence of the lord uh, so today we're going to be led in the presence of the lord by a good friend of mine uh, named marlon mcdaniel marlon mcdaniel from cincinnati ohio is a great friend of mine great brother um i love his music i love his heart to the lord so marlon's going to lead us in the time of the lord and then we're going to come back and then we're going to dive into the conversation on oneness 
So what's up, everybody? As I said, you know, I got my good friends here with me, Pastor Adam Banks and Caleb Ingram. Uh, we're going to dive into this topic on oneness, but uh, I know them, but you don't know them. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves, uh, and then we're going to dive in. Go ahead, Caleb. All right, good deal. Well, hey, uh, Aaron, so good to be with you. And Adam, uh, I know I'll call you Adam from here now, but Pastor Adam, I honor that as well. Uh, it's a pleasure and honor to be here with you as well and to meet you here today. So declare what we do is our, our vision is to see a united church that's transforming lives and communities and all of that for God's glory. So how it started is just uniting the body of Christ through worship together, uh, believing that all of us that we have in common as followers of Jesus is lifting up the name of Jesus. We can start there. And actually, we're going to end there for eternity, lifting up Jesus and honoring and glorifying him. And as we began doing that about five years ago, uh, we realized that the United Church not only can stand and sing and worship together, but what does it look like to serve, to see a community changed by the collective body of Christ? What does it look like to see Springfield changed by United Church, to see Dayton changed by United Church and smaller communities? Let's go see Trotwood and Troy and Springboro change because of the united body of christ so so that's our heart uh pastor adam i, I after this i will call you adam but i got to get clear <laughs> from you to say we could call you adam so that way people watching don't be like man he's just a disrespectful guy that just <laughs> don't honor pastor so pastor adam until you give us the clarity no doubt, no doubt. Aaron, if anybody knows you, knows no disrespect, and I'm sure the same with Caleb, there is never anything like that. Um, but definitely 
Uh, call me Adam. Um, I serve as pastor of First Baptist Church of Springfield um, and have been here for about five and a half years. Uh, grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, um, went to seminary in New Jersey, and then was called to this congregation here that takes serious uh, the, the call of Christ to, to, to partner with the larger body. Uh, we're, we're called to so much more than any individual congregation can accomplish on its own. And so we take serious our, our place in the larger body uh, that, that's called to, to serve God and to love all creation. Um, and and, and so, so that means partner with and serve in the community, um, doing our best to bring about, bring about justice, um, ways of life that honor equity and, and truly um, just just lift up all all God's creation in a way that is edifying and honorable. Good deal, good deal. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on to, to talk about this. So our topic is oneness, all right? And we're in John 17, uh, 21 through 23, you know? So everything with, with this podcast, you know, all of our topics stem from the word of God. You know, I don't want to just be opinion, you know, just, you know, those cool have this place, but you know, it got to come from the word. If it ain't in the word, then what, what is it really doing, right? Amen. So, Amen. So, so 17, John 17, 21, this is amplified version. Um, and let me find it. I know how verbatim, but I just want to make sure I read it. And it says, this is Jesus. He says, I start at verse 20. He said, I do not pray for these alone. It is not for their sake only that I make this request but also for all those who will ever believe and trust in me through their message, 21, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us so that the world may believe without a doubt that you sent me. So we're talking about oneness. You hear this all the time. The body, the, we got to be unity, unity, unified, unity, one, 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 unity. What does that look like? Like, does that mean all church, we shut all churches down and we all come together and worship together? Does it mean we, we just do pocket breakfasts and dinners? Like, what does that look like? We know that it's a prayer and it's a desire from Jesus. We just read that. So what's your thoughts on this text and oneness and what does that look like to you? Let's start with Adam. That feels weird, bro. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did it, but it, it just feels weird, man. I, let's start with Adam. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, yeah. All good. All good. So first, thank you for having me. I meant to say that already. Thank you for having me. It, it is an honor to, to, to share your platform. Um, and thank you for using your platform uh, for such positive, positive effect in, in the world. So thank you for that. Thank you, sir. Amen. Um, what does oneness look like? I think first it's important to note that oneness is not a call uh, to uniformity. Um, it, it's, it's not a call to homogeneity or the loss of each individual's expression. Um, now you already highlighted how Caleb is not serving, not in any position of influence for the sake of self. And so it's it's not about serving oneself, but in honoring 
honoring, respecting oneself, therefore respecting God, because God has created each self, each person. Um, it's it's being all of who you are with the the mindset of a Caleb that is serving, um, that is seeking to 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 honor all the people. You know, Jesus is a reflection. It's it's one of the expressions, one of the persons of the divine. So it's Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit. So on a very fundamental level, this is not a call to erasing uh, the identity of each expression um, of creation, of humanity, or even of God. Um, so it's not so much a call to that, but a, a call to the recognition of our interconnectedness is, is, is how I how I see it, especially guided by this text. Uh, let, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one, just as you are in me and I am in you. And it's interesting that Jesus uses that I am. Right. And all throughout the Gospel of John, he's using that I am, um, which reflects the name that God shared with Moses. I am that I am. Um, and so he's saying, there's an expression of a recognition of an interconnectedness. Uh, I am, as in you are in me and I am in you. And Jesus has given that glory unto the disciples, unto those who are to believe in him coming after, which is us, the church. And so it's this. It's so important for us to recognize that interconnectedness. Um, and uh, as a as a worship leader, that Jesus in me loves the Jesus in you. Right. I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> with it. And so in the song form, that recognition of both of us reflecting the divine. And so I say that oneness is that which recognizes the thumbprint of God in one's neighbors. Wow. Um, and, huh. and it takes, yeah, it takes an intentional um, attempt at recognizing that oneness. And I think, I, I think that Aaron, you know, you are an example of this. I think Caleb, you are an example of, of this, I think both of you, and the way that you exercise your influence, in in a way that fosters that type of recognition, that we we each have the thumbprint of God on our very being, the way that you all lead your lives, you reflect that. Um, I think groups like the Samunye Group um, in Springfield, Ohio, which is made up of um, Black churches, white churches that have formed covenant relationship with one another to carry out really the meaning of that word. We are one. Um, and so recognizing those shared areas of humanity that draw us so much closer to, to honor one another, to lift one another up, to edify each portion of God's creation. Um, and lastly, I think the Nehemiah Foundation. I, th I have more examples, but I don't want to go on and on. Um, thanks be to God that I have that we that we do have good examples. Right. Um, but the Nehemiah Foundation that calls different organizations, ministries, churches together, um, recognizing a shared calling, and so that commonality piece, and then being able to serve um, together to accomplish more than 
what is possible um, on our own. Um, yeah, that's that, th yeah. That's solid. Say say, say that that uh, that line again. Oneness is a thumbprint. Say say that one more time. Yeah, oneness is is that which recognizes the thumbprint of God in our neighbors. Wow. That's 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 my that was dope. I like that, man. I like how you put that in in, in oneness because I honestly, man, I, I just feel like I say this all the time. If I if I lead worship somewhere, I'm like, y'all do understand. I, I just want people to grasp this in their mind that when we all stand in the presence of the Lord in heaven, there's no sectionals. I'm like, y'all do understand that there's no black people, y'all are on the right side. Baptists, y'all got the back. Evangelism, y'all got the back, the, the left wing of heaven. Pentecostals, y'all up, y'all, y'all got the y'all got a whole wing by yourself because y'all just loud and y'all just run all over the place. <laughs> Methodist, like there's no sectionals. Like I don't, it's one God, man. Like I, I don't, I, I don't know why that people it's hard to grasp that. Theology, yeah, I get all of that. You can agree to disagree on certain areas, but can we disagree that Jesus is Lord? He's a savior, he died for our sin. Like I don't know, Caleb. What's your thoughts on this on this text, man? It just oneness. Yeah. Oh man, there's so much there. Um, but man, I, I, that thumbprint one that got me too. I was like, yeah, was we good. need to write. We need to write that down before we forget that. Um, but man, yeah, Adam, I think you made a great foundation. Uh, gave some practical elements, but also biblically, what is God calling us to? I love that that unity in Christ does not mean uniformity. It does not mean everybody has to do all the same things or or worship, or even have certain church structure things be the same. Um, but, but Aaron, I love the way you phrased the question in the beginning, because you talked about how, especially over the last years, we have heard more and more about community, oneness. Like we, we've heard people talk about this, but I think where the rubber really meets the road is, what, what does that mean and how do we do it, mm -hmm. right? How do we actually live that out? Because what I've found is I've rarely, now there have been a few times, but rarely, have I talked to a pastor or church leader who just looks back at me and says, like, I don't believe John 17 is true. So therefore, like, I've rarely had, because you really can't, you can't argue what Jesus, I mean, this is Jesus praying right yeah. before he's crucified. Like, this is so important to him. Red, red print, man. <laughs> right, right. And so I've rarely had a pastor or anyone try to say, man, I don't believe God believes in church unity, uh, where that's Jesus's heart. But when it comes down to it, it's like, how do we actually live that out so i'll give, give one example so take rewind back to maybe like 2016 uh, so aaron when we were doing declare date in that ud arena and god was starting to pull more churches together and so after that uh, so god really blessed that to where we start to have dozens of churches begin to really worship together and start to build relationships on some level or at least meet each other build relationships might be a little too far back in 16 but at least meet each other and realize hey we're part of one body and then, so we had some meetings, take it maybe to 2017, even to 18 a little bit. And God blessed where we, sometimes we have a room of maybe 70 to, to 80 pastors representing probably 50 plus ministries and just share this vision for basically sharing John 17 and, and other passages saying, hey, this, this is God's heart for unity. Do we believe in this? Are we committed to this? And, and praise God, there was oftentimes a response from those in the room of, yes, like, yes, we do believe in this. But then... Then we realized, 
okay, so now, now that we're, we're on this vision, like how do we take this vision of what we want to see happen? How does that become a reality? Like, what do we do with that? Uh, so that's been honestly a journey we've been on, especially take, say those four years since then, of really trying to take a stab at that question and how can we even as declare practically help the body of Christ live out this unity in a way that we haven't been so far. And so a, a few things, and I don't think anybody has a silver bullet on right. here's the exact answer. It's going to look different in different communities, different dynamics, different relationships, uh, but similar to the work that the Nehemiah Foundation, different pastors work, networks in Springfield have been doing is we've been looking at it and saying, okay, uh, what are some of those practical ways that we should be uniting if we say we're united, if that's our vision? Well, I, I believe there should be uh, followers of Jesus praying together. And it may or may not be the pastors. It might be someone who nobody may know their name, but man, they are faithful in prayer. Well, do we have some network of people that are praying together? And even if they're not always praying in the same place, are we at least connected with one another so we can rejoice with each other as God is answering prayer requests across the community? And I think worshiping together is definitely a piece of it, um, a crucial piece of it. Those times that we can experience that oneness and, and we can just look around and see, wow, this is the body of Christ. Uh, but then uh, one of the things I realized early on is that if there's not relational trust, then you'll just have a really cool event and it won't have nearly the multiplying fruit that it could. And so the, that trust in those relationships between those servant leaders that help pull it together uh, is really key. And that's something we've been fostering. Now, now you can't stop there because we don't just want to get to the breakfast meeting and then never do anything. But if you don't start there, then whatever you try to do is not going to last. And so really trying to, yes, let's worship together. Let's build this trust and relationships. But how, how is that going to then translate into going, serving, and impacting some of the greatest needs in our communities? Um, and what we've seen examples of, and I believe, is when we're on mission for Jesus together, and as Adam was mentioned, uh, has mentioned, in pursuing, uh, pursuing biblical justice and what that looks like of, okay, wherever someone is maybe under-resourced or is oppressed, then the church, we have a common mission, right? So it's no longer just a theory, and it even goes beyond the worship service, so that's still important too. Here, here's a common mission, a shared mission we have to see the kingdom of Jesus fulfilled in our communities that no one church or personality can see that revealed on their own. It really does take the body of Christ together. Yeah, you know, um, well said. I, I did on both of you what, what you guys said because I, I'm with you on the events, man. And this is something that, you know, I, I'm often praying through when, when people want to do unity events and stuff and i'm like okay what's the what's the next step what what's the end goal after that not knocking what we want to do because that is a place to come together and i think music and worship is one of the easiest ways honestly to pull people together in one area because music is a it's just a love it's just a language you know and you know how i could tell and and i use this at um, I was doing something for, for Nehemiah and dealing with the arts and there was mixed people there. And I said, how many of you like, or what's your favorite music artist? You know? And I said, talk to your neighbor, talk to the person beside you and say, Hey, what's your favorite music artist? Soon as they talked that they didn't care 
nothing came into play. They didn't care what, what church they went to. They were looking at color. They weren't look. The topic was music. And I said, oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I said, I guarantee you, you go to an Earth, Wind, and Fire concert, ain't nobody going, they're not checking at the door, talking about, are you Pentecostal? Are you Black? Are you white? Man, we come and enjoy Earth, Wind, and Fire. Music is a language that brings people together. So yeah. in worship, you can do that. However, I do feel you got to have the next step because a lot of people get comfortable with just the event. So I'm with you on that, Caleb. Like, we had a breakfast. I had 30 pastors there. We ate. They said hi. We took pictures. Okay, now what? What came out? Like, what, what tangible are we doing you know, to, to move that. And I just can't fathom in my mind, y'all, how we have all of these needs in our communities. You have all of these churches, but nothing is being done. Like, how can you have that? That's what I, when I see oneness. That's what I'm talking about. Like, if you know your community needs a youth center, why are you waiting for somebody else to come and build it and you got seven churches who could come together and make it happen? Amen. Why are, you know what I'm saying? Why, why yeah. are yeah. kids and youth going without shoes and clothes and, and being homeless and all? Why, why, why is all of these needs in our community and you got churches that, you know, that's when you come together. Every church don't have resources. But some churches that may not have resources may have manpower. You know, churches that may have manpower, some may have, you know, resources in other areas. So if Caleb, your church have financial resources, Adam, your church have manpower, and then the church I go to have this, if we all come together, we can meet the need, man. That's the and, part and, that goes. And, and represent Jesus. Then, yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. You know, now granted, you know, I get what Jesus is talking about as far as being one and, and one heart, mind, and spirit, but I don't know, man. It, it, it just blows my mind. If you look at Romans 15 to 6, right? Also says, so that with one mind, one voice, you may glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus. Ephesians 4 talks about unity and being humble and gentle and patient and bearing with one another, making every effort to keep the unity through the bond of peace, like bringing us together you know so we get churches but let's talk about just individual people like i'm i could be i'm cool with caleb and i'm cool with you adam because I, my spirit just connects with y'all i don't i actually don't care where you worship at honestly i don't care about i, I don't i don't care as long as we love the lord jesus i'll see you in heaven um, but what do y'all think hinders people with that relationship you know, Kaylee, we talked about that, that relationship, re relational piece. What do you think hinder that for people connecting and being one, if that makes sense? I think often it can, it can be that glaring. It can be, am I, Brother Caleb, did I just cut you off? I did not mean to cut you off. No, you go first. You're great. Man. You're great. Yeah. <laughs> man, Adam, come on, man. On I, see, I see God's thumbprint on you. So you keep going. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> so I think it can be this, um, it's the facades, it's the masks that we wear. When I was thinking about this topic that is so essential, I thought back to 
being like in school and you're around peers in somewhat of an academically competitive environment and you're around people that you want to you want to make like you want to make it seem like yeah i'm supposed to be here i got i got my stuff together i know what i'm doing i'm all good y'all you know check me out um and so there's this facade that we put up um and and a, a straw man that we try to straw men straw women that we try to build ourselves up to be so often and it, this can permeate the the spiritual realm or the religious world as well i think um when you know at at at, at some point in the semester uh in an academic environment you say shoot i need some help on this Man, if, if somebody could explain this a little bit better to me, if somebody could help me understand, and then it's it's a, you know, it's it's a tearing of that facade, that mask, that 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 false front that we put up, and then that's where some of my my deepest connections have been made when we take take down the the facades that we that we erect. Um, I think in, in church life and with pastors that get caught up in their own silos and trying to, trying to serve, it's, it's well-intentioned, um, but, but caught up, you know, and, and puts a facade of trying to, you know, I can do this, I got this, boom, and then you get to the point of, I need some help. You're like, is there anybody else that feels the way I feel that have struggled with these similar things? And you reach out and you yeah. let that be removed a little bit. And you say, why? Well, okay, it's other people that get it. It's other people that are where I am or have been where I am and are able to offer some insight, some guidance and help to encourage me through what I'm going through. And I might be able to do that for somebody else as well. And I think that's where the deep, the meaningful, the real uh, relationship is, is possible. Um, yeah, beyond that time, because the Aaron, what you what you're saying that that follow up, that uh, that commitment to something that endures and and presses on is so essential, so essential. So that's one way. My yeah. Thank you for letting me speak, my brother. <laughs> you, you bet. You bet. Now, you, you've covered a lot of foundation. I, I can just keep going. So that's a great starting point. Um, hey, there's there's so many, I think, different reasons that could keep churches, the body of Christ, from functioning as the unified body as Jesus has prayed for and has called for us to do. Uh, so a few of them I'm thinking of right now, uh, a couple that may be more more theological or heart level and then i'll go to really just pragmatic like when you get down to why don't we do this so i think heart level uh some of those reasons and i'll give an example and i, I love the church so in sharing examples of growth i'm not trying to say man I'm, I'm not someone else who's just out there to put down the church all right but we've got room to grow right we've got room to grow so let's do that and celebrate who and what god has called us to be uh, but i'll give an example so in troy where the first declare worship service happened uh, and I was back in 2014, actually up in Troy. So it's been, we're coming up on the ninth year. So eight years in a row. Um, and even through COVID outdoor, praise God, we were able to continue to 
uh, worship together. So eight years in a row now, churches in Troy and even now across Miami County have united and worshiped together. But about five or six years in, I had to stop and take an honest look and say, okay, but are we really that much more unified than we were before? Or Aaron, like you said, did we just do the unity event? And when I was honest about it, I had to admit, not much else has changed. The pastors don't really even know each other that much better than they did before, because once the event was over, everybody went back to their holes again, and then didn't come out again until a few months before the next year, and you have a couple planning meetings, and you do your event, and it's great, everybody's encouraged, and the gospel goes forth, praise God for all of that, but the structure of how we were functioning as the body of Christ in Troy and Miami County wasn't really changing. We just added an annual event that encouraged people into it. So why don't we get beyond that? And at least one of the things I found in, in a community that may have more resources, financial resources, sometimes I think we can have the false sense that we're doing just fine already. So I'm going to say, and I, I believe, I've not had a pastor tell me this, but my sense is in Troy, I think one of the reasons that we've not seen more united serving is that I think it's easy to look around and be like, oh, it's a nice downtown, nice community, got some good restaurants, some good shopping, pretty nice houses, right? If you just drive up and down the street, you don't, you don't see what appears to be a ton of urgent need. Now, that's not true. We know, first of all, the half million dollar houses, there's people being abused and there's certainly poverty, there's narcotics anonymous groups, there's AA groups. So there's definitely need, there's definitely hurt, there's broken families and marriages, there's racism, there's, I mean, you name it, like there's, there's brokenness in any community, but I think we can feel like we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. My church is doing okay. Our kids' program's going pretty good. And our commu- we live in a nice community. We can go for a nice walk and whatever we want to do. So I think just that lack of urgency. And then on the flip side, I've seen at times in communities where they're very aware, hey, we don't, man, there's a lot of visible hurt and brokenness right in front of us and a lack of resources to address it. Sometimes it can be that lack of resources seems so real that that other ministry is competing for that lack of resources. And so in one community, they, they believe falsely that there's not that big a need, so they just keep doing the thing. The other community, we know there's a need, but man, like I'm just trying to survive over here. And if what happens if five of my members end up over there? I, I, those are the five that tithe, man. Like, so we gotta, we gotta be careful over here. So at the end of the day, in both cases, I think we have to trust as God's designed for his church really work. And yes, it does. Do we really have faith? that it works and he's called us to what he's called us to do. But then one, one pragmatic reason I've seen of why sometimes it doesn't happen is just, man, I just don't got time for that. Right. When you, when you kind of, so someone like, man, I, like I, I've had pastors say, I support what you do. I think it's good, man. I just, I've got to do this at my church. I've got to do that at my church. There's so much to do right here. I just don't have time for it. Sometimes that's a cop out. Sometimes I think it's a, a legitimate concern, especially I think for those of us who are calling for unity, I think that we do have to pray, God, give us wisdom to know what we're calling people into. Because I've heard someone else say this, this wasn't me. Like people are afraid of uh, more collaboration and not collaboration. Like just sitting around at like been enough meetings, eating donuts and talking about unity. Like what are we going to do already? And so I do think that we need to pray for wisdom. So when we, when we bring that vision, we're also bringing action. And I think that's some of what you've described with the, what does it look like to see God's justice in our communities? What is Nehemiah Foundation, I think, yeah, for sure, one of those key pieces in Springfield that's helping put action to that vision. Yeah, well, well said, man, because I'm telling you, I tell people, listen, 
you, you get three meetings with me, three meetings. By that third meeting, if we ain't doing nothing, if we ain't got nothing in place, if, if a, a thought on paper, an email or something, right. I'm not coming to the fourth meeting. I'm, I'm not coming to that fourth meeting because I, I just, I understand God's timing. I get all of that. But I'm like, y'all, when, when, when do we get to that next piece, man, of really hitting the need? And I, and I really feel that because of our lack of unity, people are suffering. You know, yeah. people are really suffering that really need the church. We, we can't really serve them because of our lack of unity and not pulling on each other, you know, because every church, I believe, just like everybody, you know, let's take out churches, use believers. Everybody has their own strength. Bible says some of the arms, some of the legs, some of them are like, you know, to pull on that. There's, there's strengths that Adam, you have, that Caleb have, that I don't have, that, you know, my brother in Christ, I could pull on Caleb and say, hey, bro, you know, how do you do this? Or can you show me how to do this? Or can you do this for me and not get in my feelings or Adam, I see you're really good at this, man. Can you teach me this or or have, I, I, I don't, I don't know. This is one topic, man, I'm telling y'all, man, this is, I say, I may have to do two parts on this one, man, because it, it even with our youth, you know, I, I see how our, we're raising a generation of youth in the church that don't know how to be unified or one. You know, prime example, a while back, I, um, there's an organization called Youth United that I'm working with with a group of youth pastors, right? And we did a youth like conference type service type deal. We brought all our youth together and everyone did a piece of their service, you know. Lutheran church, when they did communion, they take the bread and they dip it in the wine or the juice, whatever, you know. At our church, you crazy. We ain't doing that. That's not happening. You know, I ain't doing it. I ain't dipping my bread and no, you know, that somebody else is holding it too. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so our youth <laughs> was like, we ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, but y'all take the experience, you know, this. And then when it comes to worship, you know, we are more energetic and high P. I don't know how to stand still and just, you know, we're just there. And those kids looking like, man, are they done yet? You know, like, they, you know, we're just used to do, you know. <laughs> and it was great because they were able to see the worlds collide. But they don't see that often. So to them, it's like our use is just what we do church and we're just in this own little world and like you said the silos and it's just our world and I'm like man people are hurting because one of the youth from this church can help you when you're down and when you feel like you want to give up or commit suicide or whatever man like all this other crazy stuff doesn't matter you know so it, it's just I think pride gets in the way I think religion gets in the way you know, and, and all this crazy stuff is, I don't know, but 
we're going to wrap up here in a minute. But any final thoughts, you guys? I, real fast. You know what bugs me? This gets on. It's my podcast. So I can say it gets on my nerves. Gets on my nerves. The argument that I see people having when it comes to the details of Christ. So, for example, he was born, not born in December. He was born in this month. He was born in that month. He really died on this day. He died on that month. He really was dead. And I'm like, listen, does it really matter? And y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, but like, can we just celebrate that he was born? He died. He rose. He's now seated at the right hand of the father and he died for my sins. Can we just celebrate that? Whether it was on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Friday, a Saturday, it could have been the summertime, wintertime. I don't, does it really matter? Do y'all think that stuff matter? Help me out, fellas. Dude, what, what's, what's your thoughts? Oh, man. Well, dude, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think we got to figure out what, so there is a couple of verses above John 17, 21. It does say sanctify them in the truth. So there, there right. is, okay, some stuff like, man, Jesus Christ at the center of this, because I have seen when we talk unity, you can start to go to multi-faith unity, and there's a place you can partner, but when we're worshiping and seeing the kingdom of God go forth, Jesus has got to be at the center. But I agree, once you get down to the, some of the denominational specifics, it's like, let's, let's major on the majors. Let's make sure, and let's not, let's not be, let's know Jesus is Lord, right? If our right. unity isn't in Jesus, then we're talking something different. But man, beyond that, Let's, let's be careful before we let those doctrinal things get get in the way of what God's doing. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Adam, any final words, man, before we wrap up? Man, I just, I am uh, filled with hope at the at the nature of our conversation today, at what has been shared, um, being reminded of people that are dedicated, uh, committed to to oneness um, and to, to serving um to, to serve in the Lord of all creation, man. I'm just filled with, with so much hope. I'm glad that, that there, while we are distinct, distinctly unique in all of our special ways, there's, there's something that is, that is greater than us that has called us to something that requires each of us to give our all. And uh, I'm just so excited for what is to come um, through the leadership of guys like y'all, man. So thank you again for having me, Aaron. Thank you. Good to meet you, Caleb. Hey, man. Thank, thank you for having me, uh, for being here and accepting, both of you accepting the call. And for those, they, this is their first time meeting each other. Like, I, I just called them and said, hey, can, can you do be on this? Uh, so this is their first time meeting each other. But uh, Caleb, your final thoughts, wrap up uh, with anything, man. Then I'm going to pray out, and then we're going to go from there. All right. Yeah, I'll wrap up. I'll, I'll get that in a second. Just a second. Uh, so I did want to make sure I landed with that there are good things God is doing. This unity does work. So even though there's still challenges and still growth, a couple of stories. So one, as many of you know, when the, uh, the Memorial Day tornadoes hit across the region in 2019, we did see the churches partner together and unite. Instead of each one just doing their thing, because we built those relationships and trust over the years, we were able to have a much more united response. And through that, not just in theory, we hope it happens, but people all across the community, including from the news to nonprofit and government leadership, saw and remarked, wow, all of these churches are working together 
most of these volunteers that are going out are churches. And so one example, just from last week, I won't say the name, let's just say her name is Denise, even though it's not. There was a woman that um, ended up, her husband or her partner left her, she ended up homeless. And a friend of mine reached out and said, hey, how can I help this woman? Our church is doing everything we can, but there's a lot of resources. And so I was able to connect her because again, those relationships, connect her with some resources through some nonprofits in the community and even was able to share um, to a couple other churches that are now helping her with food and with housing. So it does work. It works. The body yes. of Christ together is working and God is receiving glory because of it and lives are being changed because of it. Amen. That's a good way to end. It does work. When you work it, it works. You know, when you work it, it works. So God be praised for that. I appreciate you, fellas. Pastor Adam, you want to lead us out in prayer, please, sir? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, dear God, uh, we give you thanks for this time to just reflect on on this, this important prayer uh, from, from your son, this prayer of intercession on our, directly on our behalf, uh, God, and, and, and we pray that the power of that prayer continue to ring true to, to, to hold power in our lives. Oh God, I thank you for these leaders. God, thank you for Caleb, this, this ministry that he leads and thank you for his heart of, of servanthood, uh, looking to glorify your name, um, and really lift up those, uh, that, that, that he serves. Oh God, and pray that for continued blessing on him, his life, his family, and his ministry, oh God, to continue to do your good work. God, thank you for Aaron. Thank you for his leadership, uh, his, his, his heart uh, to, to, to do that which draws us together, uh, to, to use his platform for good, oh God, and to serve you, glorifying your name and edifying your body, God. And we pray for continued blessing on him, over his family, and over the his ministry and ministries in the various capacities, oh God. And just once again, as we depart from this time, uh, we pray for the listeners of, of, of this podcast and pray that as you know the needs of each and every person listening, that they will be met according to your riches in Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who has called us to oneness. And it is in his holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.